This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John and I are here on a rare Saturday night. We had to come back because AEW Dynamite was tonight and TakeOver. And since, uh, you know, a lot of our show is uh, talking about Dynamite and NXT, we decided to come back tonight and uh, make sure we got our thoughts in uh, for, uh, for folks who, you know, who are kind of following this stuff with us so john does it feel too foreign recording on a saturday night no nah, man i love it so I, I, could, I could do it seven days a week i know like so you're I, like you're that's doing my dream yeah that's <laughs> like my dream. Yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly that that is my dream though i want i want a five day a week mma pro wrestling boxing show where we just talk about all the stuff like every day. That, that's just, my dream. One of these days, you just miss Krista walk by, just shaking her head. <laughs> well, I'd have to retire first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids have to be moved out. No, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so this was uh, a pretty fun day. Like, I don't know that I necessarily thought both shows were great, but. Just the idea of, you know, watching both shows and being able to kind of, you know, see both products that we are both covering very closely. I had fun with it and it felt interesting to watch wrestling on Saturday, uh, at least on on uh, regular television, you know, from like you said, 320, 330 or whatever it was, because that was what we did, you know, when we were kids was three, you know, 305 or whatever. Uh, we were watching WCW. Uh, you know, for as long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah, that's it's definitely, yeah, 3 o'clock was, did felt a little nostalgic when I saw the time AEW was going to start, which helped me out tonight because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to watch both shows. Um, it worked out. Um, watching NXT Live was challenging because I have three little, little ones. Oh, yeah. And a lot more noise. So I missed a lot of the commentary. Like I, so I didn't really get that. I just had to follow the action. Well, what you missed was Corey Graves and Beth Phoenix and Vic Joseph, who sounded a lot to me like uh, do you. You remember the old WWF announcer Craig DeGeorge? Mm-hmm. I like when I first heard it, I was like, "Who is that?" Because Morrow was uh, Morrow had something going on family related, so he wasn't okay. at the show. 
And so Vic Joseph was the one who did the commentary. And when I, I didn't recognize his voice. And so when I heard him, I was like, wow, he sounds a little bit like the old WWF guy, Craig DeGeorge, but it was Vic DeJoseph. Craig DeGeorge, I just took some people back to their childhood and I took other people to say, who the hell is Craig DeGeorge? <laughs> Um, Vic, yeah, Vic Joseph, he's, he's good. I mean, I, I like him. I know he, I don't like his, I don't like his voice that much. I think his, he doesn't have a great voice for certain, um, like when, when things get really excited, like he doesn't have a powerful mm-hmm. voice, but I mean, he can call the action just as yeah. good as anybody on that roster. Yeah. I, I, I really, I was hoping it was Todd Phillips, but I know he has a busy day tomorrow with, you know, SummerSlam and everything, but Todd, Todd's really good. I, I think, uh, I think he doesn't get enough credit as he, as, as he should, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. I know I know that Korg is there, which was interesting, and and all that. So that added a little something. Because well, actually, it makes sense because he used to be NXT commentator, and this is the thirtieth uh, takeover. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping for more uh, cameos. I know we had yeah, Drew McIntyre. I, we I had thought so too. Sasha and Bailey. It would be cool to even have like. Bobby Roode say something if he could, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if they could film something from him mm-hmm. wherever he's at Canada and yeah, there was Nakamura. no like throw, throwback to any of these great moments in in NXT history or anything. Yeah, that would be cool too. Yeah, that, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like little splices of moments. There's a cool opening video, but it's like unless you're really looking in into the you know the XXX where they're showing these highlights of Takeovers past, like it was kind of hard to see. But um, yeah, that would be good too. Splicing little moments in there, definitely. All right, we're going to get to the news uh, from TakeOver in a second. So we're going to have another show tomorrow. I'm giving John the day off. uh, I'm letting you go. that You don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to go through the craziness that you did today. I'm going to bring on Chris Aiken, who uh, has never, as far as I know, I don't know if he's done podcasts in, in the past, but he's never been on this show, and I've been wanting to get him on this show. He wrote the preview to TakeOver earlier this morning, if you saw that, and we'll talk about SummerSlam, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if I can get uh, Robert on uh, this weekend as well. If not, I will just push him to the following week, and, and he and I will record, but we'll see what we can do. Um, and yeah, that would be like three shows in four days for us, four shows in four days for me, because uh, on Friday, I helped Big Dave Meltzer interview uh, john moxley which was really a lot of fun that uh, we've gotten so much feedback on that show it's been pretty crazy and people you know he's a big star obviously you know outside of uh, maybe jericho um i think he's probably jericho and omega and and moxley are definitely probably the biggest wrestling stars that i've helped dave interview so that was a lot of fun and uh yeah he he's uh he's he's definitely um you know, he, his his persona, his wrestling persona and his natural person are, are, are very similar. So you can imagine uh, just just the things that he was he was talking about and, and stuff. So if you haven't heard that interview and you are a Wrestling Observer uh, subscriber, definitely check it out. Uh, if not, if you're not, there is a clip of it, I think, on the uh, Wrestling Observer F4W YouTube page. So there's like a 15, 20 minute clip or something on there if, if you if you don't have a subscription. Um, but I guess the only other thing before we get into TakeOver is, is there anything on SummerSlam that you're actually, you know, kind of super interested or can't wait to watch tomorrow? Uh, just Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. It's the only match I really 
really interested in seeing and the outcome of that is and I think why do, why does Orton have to win this match or why does, why does Orton have, have to win the title because I, I see a lot of information that leads me to believe that people think this is a done deal Randy Orton's winning this title you know, I mean he doesn't have to win I mean true could win um um, Randy Orton's been on fire. Is, is you know he's been, you know his, his work has been tremendous as he always is. But um, I would, I don't know what's left for Drew after this. You know, like who does he have coming up after Randy? That's the. It could be some kind of depends what they're going to finish with. I mean, I assume this is going to be if it's the main event. I think it'll be some kind of a, a, a clear finish with you know whoever's going to go over there. But if it's in the middle, it could be a disputed finish. Um, I guess Seth could be a guy, you know, I don't know, but I guess they have, he's probably tied up with Ray because Ray's back for a little longer. Um, with Randy, it opens up some challengers and the, you know, so that's, that's because Drew's been running through guys, right? He ran through Seth, he already ran through Seth, so shoot, why don't I want to see that again right now? Um, yeah, I mean, Brock, maybe one day, but who knows when that's going to happen, so... There is another pay per view next week. I know. I, yeah. Backlash. So I'm kind of burnt, man. This is. I think. Be... It's, I think it's actually pay. I thought it was payback. Oh, whatever. It, it, well, <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing that we, you saying backlash makes me laugh because um, Meltzer keeps calling it backlash. Oh, I'm almost sure it's payback. He keeps calling it backlash. He even wrote it as backlash uh, in the Observer. He he wrote it as uh, as backlash, but I do think it is payback. So not that it means anything like like it doesn't mean like who cares because the the names of the pay-per-views don't mean anything but um but yeah so it what you're saying is is if it's the main event you sort of expect a clean finish but if it's not the main event something can happen to lead to another match at payback yeah it could lead to another match and matches beyond this you know who knows how they could probably stretch it out i'm sure like a three to four match series um I've heard rumors that, you know, there's, I mean, but things change so much, you know, in the WWE and, mm-hmm. and even AEW and any wrestling company for the most part, like things cha- change at a rapid pace sometimes. So like plans, quote unquote, for Randy Orton versus Edge, possibly for the title at WrestleMania. I mean, yeah, but it, Randy could get it some other time too. You know, he can get the title later. I'm just curious what they're going to do, what directions they're going to go. I don't think it matters either way. You know, I, I, if Drew loses, I don't think he it hurts him. I because I think he's, I think he's has ability to get you know, keep getting himself over. And um, he, I'm try, I was trying to read his, try to read him on this interview he had at Takeover when he showed up because he made an appearance on the show, like I said earlier, and, and you know talked about who's you know, who's going to win, and he predicted Keith Lee. He seemed pretty, you know. It seemed like nothing was bothering him. Man, he's, you know, he's just a professional too. So, I did. Did anything look like it was bothering Keith Lee today? No, 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 no. I mean, this is a. I mean, we'll talk about that. But this, that was a result I expected. You no, know? I think everybody expected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so, um, so yeah, so uh, SummerSlam is tomorrow, and usually it is. Either the second or the third biggest show in WWE's calendar year, but you know, with with the pandemic, who knows? Are, what about Thunderdome? Are you looking forward to seeing? I saw like ten minutes of Thunderdome for SmackDown. I decided to that curiosity just you know had me tune in to see 
what it's going to look like and it looked looked pretty cool i thought it was uh well done i mean it uh i saw the nba game um because you know catch a little bit of the nba game mm-hmm. for the aw and they have people they're the same technology like people on on the screen in the stands right it's, i don't know how they just started really, doing that no they've been doing that they came that they I, I don't know if they created it but that was um that was kind of what they decided when they mm-hmm. came back was was to do that no, it's actually, not as clear as thunderdome like thunderdome is actually pretty look looks great because it's you know you know top of line production the, the the basketball one i couldn't really tell who but you know in the thunderdome you can kind of see people and clearly yeah but that's why i like the basketball one better is because it doesn't take away from what's on the court mm-hmm. and Every time they do that, what is it? The is it the hard, hard cam, cam where you see that? Yeah. yeah. Every time you hit the hard cam, I'm just looking for people. Yeah. I'm not paying attention to the match. Yeah, you're waiting for someone to do something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my buddies, he got kicked out because he tried to start a new day chant. Well, I think while Big E was doing something, and that's weird. They they didn't want any chance that they don't tell you to start. I guess so. They kicked him out, and he, he had to f- sort of wiggle his way back in. But I thought that was kind of interesting. But I I think. As far as I know from the NBA thing, um, you know, they are very sort of directing you as well. They want you to yeah. do certain. So, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you don't want people to kind of go rogue on their own. But that is a WWE crowd. In I saw the rules. I saw the rules. They have a list, a laundry list of rules yeah. to yeah. do that. I mean, I like no advertising. And I've just... Uh, black shirts. Everyone's wearing black shirts and cargo just, shorts. Like, yeah. you're stone cold. I mean, you're going to be like Ralph Macchio... And try to cover up some labels that the Coca-Cola company wants you to put on Karate Kid because they own it. <laughs> I watched Karate Kid today, man. I know. You were watching it. You're getting ready for our our, our podcast with me and uh, Chris DiPietro. And you better cover... Not covering next. The next. Kid. It's not. It doesn't count. It counts. There's it's no the, there's no Daniel San. No Daniel San. But there's no, no Mr. Me. Miyagi, man. Yeah, but that, that, Miyagi, that's what no that's what, kid, bro. That's in in the paycheck. I mean, in the in the industry, they call that a paycheck movie for Mr. Miyagi. And then you're gonna cover it. No, we're not doing. Oh that. man, I, I have actually never seen that movie because I was so dead against that entire thing. Let me see. Hold on. Negative stars for. <laughs> I like, oh. and I and I like Hilary Swank. I think she's a really good actress. I just was not into that. Like, like you cannot bring the franchise. That's like doing, um, Rocky, and all of a sudden, it's uh Mick training somebody else who's younger, and like Rocky is no. It's like the, the dude's name is in the film. Like you can't. It's a like, spinoff. The Karate Kid is Ralph Macchio. It's not. No, Karate Kid could be anyone, though, man. No. You could be the Karate Kid right now. Mm-mm. Well, the Karate Middle aged Kid. Well, I mean that—that's probably the problem. Is by the time the next Karate Kid came out, Ralph Macchio was probably in his like late thirties or early forties. <laughs> was he like twenty for the first one or something? I think like, he was older. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, are you are you covering the Jackie Chan Jalen? Nope. nope. Yeah, good. No, nope, I boycotted that either. one. Once I heard that Will Smith said they interviewed six thousand kids and they. Nah, I mean, that, that's 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 every parent though. That's uh. I'm like, the, dude, you had to you, know, <laughs> you got to throw six thousand out there. You couldn't say we interviewed a hundred kids or that, something. I mean, you know? I mean that that's Aaron Spelling saying, oh yeah, you know, my daughter Tori auditioned for the role mm-hmm. of Donna Martin. That's Sylvester Stallone saying that Sage beat out you know a bunch <laughs> yeah. of kids to, for Rocky Five. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just, they got to do that. I know it's bull. 
um, okay, so uh, so quickly, uh, just uh, I just want to go over the news of Takeover before we cover the show. Obviously, Karrion uh, Cross, new champion, but he possibly separated his shoulder in the match. Uh, that came out from Triple H. I know some people during the matches, I was on Twitter while it was going on. Some people had suggested that they thought he may have hurt himself. I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't well, realize he was that definitely holding his shoulder differently. Yeah, you but could I, tell I, someone's up with them. But I was trying to think of what, like, where did it happen? And I didn't, I think it was on the big clothesline that Keith Lee nailed him with. Looked like this mm. took a bump on his shoulder there. Uh, also, Damian Priest is your a new. North American champion. He won the ladder match, the five-way ladder match to win that belt. Uh, Io Shirai, she defended her title, but Rhea Ripley ran in because Raquel Gonzalez was interfering and was uh, beating up Io after the match. So it looks like they're setting up something with Rio and Raquel. Rio Rhea, Rhea's going to have her hands full as far as... Uh, as far as uh, an actual match, but hopefully they'll just make it just like a physical you know, kind good. of thing. And uh, and yeah, so so those are the those are the main beats, uh, the main news coming out of the show. Uh, and we'll get to all of the matches in a second, but I want to talk about uh, Thera One. Um, so for tight muscles and tough workouts and aging and just you know trying to get out of bed and and sit in your chair all day because of the pandemic everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's cbd products uh, started by dr jason worsland therabody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind I started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but they still contain up to 30% filler. I've actually seen some studies on that, like what they can actually put in the, whether it's vitamins or whatever supplements, like I think they can like put in like sand and stuff like as filler. Like it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's coarse. <laughs> and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Uh, use the warming lotion for your morning routine, the cooling lotion, or massage oil to recover body balm for targeted relief and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep and now through labor day so that is monday september 7th so a little bit over two weeks TheraOne off is offering our listeners a buy one get one free for all TheraOne products but you've got to go to theragun.com slash blue wire and if you don't love it you can send it back and get a full refund within 30 days this is not something that they're going to do or that they usually do, so definitely check out theragun.com front slash blue wire, but it's only until Labor Day. So check it out. Theragun.com slash blue wire. Alright, so let's go over this show. I'm going to guess that we have slightly different perspectives on what we liked and uh, disliked on this show. Um, I didn't see the uh the pre-show match. Did you see the pre-show match? No, no, I didn't okay. watch it. Good, because I think uh, my least favorite team won. Oh, it's probably great then. <laughs> okay, I thought um, 
I thought the opener was the best match on the show. Uh, Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. This is the style where I thought, you know, if you're going to do a match where it's mostly holds and reversals and counters and, um, you know, just really good mat stuff like this was this was going to be the match. And um, it was a really, really good match. And I thought like the way that they did this match um, and, and Cross and Lee kind of came back in the main event and did a slower match. It was, it was almost kind of like a um, like a New Japan kind of slower match where you're just like really building towards something. But this was the match where I thought, like, man, like, you know, from from a solid technical wrestling standpoint, um, the best match on the show to me, obviously, the the ladder match was so different from this match. So they mm-hmm. they were fine as like a back to back thing. But I don't know. I just thought it kind of overshadowed everything else from a wrestling perspective for me. And it so to me, this show like really peaked at the beginning and and just kind of got progressively worse. What did you think about this match? Oh, I thought it was good. I thought it was you know, great. I mean, both guys are tremendous. Um, you know, Finn's on another level. Thatcher's on another level. I mean, they have a great chemistry together. Um, um, you know, it's tough for me to see Thatcher lose so early, but, you know, Finn also just lost last Wednesday. So I had a, my gut feeling was just going in. It was just Thatcher just going to lose this match, but I'd like to see more matches between them. Um, but you got to, you know, you got to have some challengers for, Karrion Cross coming up, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with the shoulder injury. If you know how long he's going to be on the shelf for, hopefully not too long. Hopefully, it wasn't too bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this yeah, great match, definitely great, great opener. All right, and then we had the crazy tag, uh, crazy ladder match with Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, and Velveteen Dream. Uh, they, you know, they were in early on, they were just building to like fun, crazy stuff. And there was this thing where uh, Cameron Grimes is climbing on both ladders and both ladders get kind of pulled away. And so he's got to do the splits uh, with the ladder, which was very impressive. He's doing like an air splits with with, yeah. uh, with his foot feet on the ladders. Uh, then, then the second big stunt was Bronson Reed did like a big splash in the corner uh, where all four guys were kind of in the corner. I think Dream was sitting on turnbuckle, but there were also ladders like in Smash between. Smash between them, yeah. And so he does this big splash, you know, this this avalanche, uh, King Kong Bunny avalanche in the corner. That was kind of cool. Um, and then the match to me, after they kind of got through those two things, the match to me became a match where guys were going to screw up grabbing the title mm-hmm. um like it was just it was just weird where guy you know this happens in all these ladder matches right this is not just this match but i just thought they hit us over the head with guys so excited to get the title and then for whatever reason can't grab it and then whoop they they get thrown off then the other guy comes up yeah. oh he's gonna get up oh, then he gets thrown and they just did this over and over and over and over again and you know it just uh, at some point, you lose the surprise factor of somebody possibly getting so close and then them getting tossed and the other guy like it just I was just like, OK, like I'm not falling for this one again. I'm just going to like I'm not I'm not going to react to that thing because they did it so many times. Um, 
Priest, uh, his role was to kind of show up out of nowhere. He's been doing that a lot, and mm-hmm. Keith Leist, you know, was was doing that a lot last year, and that, now that's kind of Priest's role. And um, I, I think the thing that maybe was 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 kind of fun was uh, Candace came in and she played the lead, the leader role, and she played the leader role really well. She helped Gargano um, interfere, or she helped she helped Gargano with Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes was about to win. And then she kind of interfered and Gargano kind of perched her up to Cameron Grimes' shoulders and she did like a Hurricane Rana out on the floor. And then she tried to do the same thing with with Reed. Reed's a bigger guy. She got on his back and he's like, since you're on my back and your husband is on the floor, we're just going to jump from the ladder and I'm going to big splash him off the ladder with you on my back. So that stuff was kind of cool and it kind of broke up some of the stuff that I was talking about. But... Uh, at, at the end, uh, also, you know what's kind of weird about this is they were doing things so fast that the cameras were having a hard time keeping up because they were going to replay, and then they would come back and like they would miss whatever that they were just trying to show us. So that was kind of interesting. Um, so uh, we get to the end of the match. Dream is on the ladder. He gets pushed. He front his his foot hits the top rope, and then he flies over mm-hmm. whatever he flew over uh, into a crash pad. Uh, Bronson Reed table right was that it was a table two tables yeah uh, Bronson Reed um, gets dropped off the ladder and he just creates this big bounce on the ring I think it was Cameron Grimes was like in the corner and he like kind of bounced up Gargano is about to win someone who has won a championship before started slobbering himself with the big eyes and then obviously uh, Damian Priest comes from behind choke slams him off and Priest wins the match as a sort of um, a fun kind of crazy stunt match, I thought it was fine. I thought the story was fine. It just was so convoluted to me and so like, I don't know. I, I, I just, it, it, it did not feel like an organic match in any way for me. I don't know. Maybe things, I don't know. Maybe things went awry somewhere. I don't know. It it was, it was, it was good overall. They, yeah, so, I thought it was good. I thought yeah, it was I mean, good. It that's, was like every that's ladder how match. I wish. I mean, I'm not a ladder match guy, so I'm not really like I don't really like, like think they're always so great and everything. And a lot of it's a lot of it can be frustrating because you know, like you said, they got to climb up, they got to act like they can't grab it a lot of times. And but I think all you know, all guys, all the guys in the match worked really hard. Um, there was one moment I was like thinking like oh man they're gonna put the belt on Cameron Grimes, which would be cool. Like he, had I, thought, to, I thought that 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 was my second pick. I was like if Priest doesn't win it. And Grimes wins it. I'm good. I thought Grimes might sneak out, but I mean, I had Priest winning it, you know, from the go. But there's one moment in the match where it looked like, oh shoot, man, look, he might win it. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, the Candace stuff was great. The splash by with her on on Bronson Reed's back was awesome. Um, you know, Bronson Reed stands, you know, stood out. They gave everyone moments, big moments. Um, Velveteen Dream had that crazy, crazy bump. Oh my god, that was nuts! I mean, to, to pull that off, I mean, you have to be. Oh, I mean, he's he's a special he's athlete, very you know? talented. Yeah, that was, and he's and he's what early twenties, and, and mm-hmm. you know, still still crazy. Think nothing can happen to him. So, um, but I'm glad Priest won. He's definitely needed this this championship. He's either he's, either, he's not going to win it here and probably go to the main roster, or he was going to stick around. He needed this title, so that was cool. And you know, he celebrates like a champ. He you know, jumps in the spa, a bunch of two hot babes, <laughs> drinks uh, you know some good champagne, and you know he's he's, he's living a good life. So that was pretty. That was pretty cool. All right, so then we go to Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. I did not like this uh, hype video. 
it was everything that I hated about this angle. Adam Cole looking like a little baby and McAfee, you know, being a jerk. He's definitely a jerk. But uh, Cole is being super irrational. And so the match happens. And, you know, you said it, that they were going to be able to pull this off because, A, Adam Cole is really good. And, B, they were not going to let Pat McAfee uh, fail here. They were going to set set them up with some really good stuff. And I would say generally overall, it was a pretty fun match. I thought it was super duper contrived at times. So again, you know, this is, this is a celebrity match. So you're always going to have some of that, but, um, they, they said, they set McAfee up to do some really cool stuff. Like he did his first big move was, a swanton off the top rope to the floor uh, or a front flip, whatever you want to call it. Um, and every moment where you would think, okay, now, now it's Adam Cole's turn just to beat his ass and win the match. He would do some offense and then McAfee would get a little bit of a comeback. Um, his, drop, up, yeah. his, his drop kick wasn't great. That's was pretty but, good though. Come on. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, you know, he, I think he hit, hit Adam Cole in the gut. Adam Cole's not a tall guy, but I would I mean, say was, everything else that he did was pretty darn good. Like they, yeah. they put, they put um, Adam Cole on the top rope or he put Adam Cole on the top rope and he did this thing where Cole's supposed to push him off. And you know, there was a little bit of a delay and he was setting up. You could tell he was definitely mm-hmm. like setting himself up. And then he did this beautiful backflip onto his feet. And when he hit that, like both guys were just like, Oh my God. And then he does this awesome jump from the from the mat to the top rope, then hits the superplex, which was a really cool spot. Almost a almost a babyface spot though, a little bit. Um but I mean he was they I think they definitely wanted to show his athleticism. He's a real athlete. I know he's just a punter, but he's a real athlete. Uh he showed that here. Uh, he went to the outside, and this was this was where I was talking about where it was kind of contrived. He went to the outside, and he wanted to punt Cole because Cole's kind of leaning out. And um, Cole moves out of the way, and instead he kicks the steps. And the steps weren't really near him where he was kicking, but he had to mm-hmm. kick something. Yeah, yeah. So that looked kind of weak, but it's still just the actual presentation and, like, the sound. I think it made up for it. Um so he hurts his strong leg, uh, and then Cole puts the figure four on him. And this is where I thought the match was going to end. I was like, okay, this is actually a good finish. Oh, no, 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 no. And he did not tap. He went to the ropes. Ref, uh, he, ref, ref's caught off guard. He boots Cole low and sets him up for his punt, which was kind of cool, even though Corey Graves uh, called it uh, a touchback. And, and as a punter, you don't want any touchbacks. So mm-hmm. I don't know what he was talking about. And then um, Cole kicks out at two. And then uh, finally, um, Cole gets the Cole gets the upper hand and, and hits the Panama City sunrise for the win. So fun match. I thought uh, McAfee was better than he had any right to be in his first match. Like I said, little contrived, but that was always going to be the case. Um, but still, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if it did a lot for Adam Cole here, but sure did a lot for Pat McAfee. I thought he he did a really good job. Yeah, I think it's going to do something for Adam Cole. They're going to re- they're going to they're going to show highlights on ESPN, and he's going to get some some play on that. So that's positive. Yeah, I thought this match was really good. I mean, ex- exceeded my expectations. You know, I th- I knew it was going to be is going to exceed everyone else's expectation. Everyone's like, you know 
kind of down on this match, but I'm like, yeah, it's going to be good because, you know, McAfee has some training. Um, he's an athlete. Um, you know, he, you know, he's prepared and I knew, apparently this is a one match thing, but I, it's one of those things I, it starts off as a one match thing and I think it's going to be a more, a, a few more matches for Pat McAfee. Cause I, you know, once you get that, 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 that adrenaline from, you know, and, and doing good, having a great performance, um, you're going to want to do it again. So I, I can see him definitely do it. And I want to see him do it cause I think he's a good heel. I thought he did great in the ring. Um, I liked the match a lot. I thought the finish, I didn't particularly like the finish just because of the way that McAfee just kind of like walked over and bent over for the, for the Canadian story off the second rope. Mm-hmm. I thought it, they could have done something a little different. You know, this, the, he did the double axe handle off the top and then Adical, you know, cut him off the big super kick. Bam. Right. I thought they should have, he should just did the double axe handle. Adical moves out of the way. McAfee hits the mat, his leg hits the mat. Oh my God, he's hurting. Now he's on one knee. Now you have Cole looking at him, gives him the big one, you know, one big last shot. Boom. Right? But he's, he's going to try to go for the cover, but he doesn't. He's like, screw it. I'm going to put this guy out. So he goes to the second rope. And now there's a reason for McAfee to be down and to be in that position for the Canadian story. Instead of having him just kind of like walk over and bent down, I just thought. Adam Cole sort of did the same thing for his punt too. Like he just had to sort of get in position. He was, but he was selling up though. That's different. He was, he was, he was working correctly. But then again, also McAfee's also, you know, he's not a, you know, a seasoned veteran. So he, you know, you know, feeding moves is probably, you know, not his strong suit of obviously, but, but, um, and getting in position. So, but I think I would have put him in a better position to, it wouldn't look like that. That's that was the only thing I really had, but shoot, I mean, gosh, I mean, this guy with one, his first match of his wrestling career, um, you know, he did tremendous and they had a great that Yeah. That was, those was, there was a definitely a, a big highlight. Okay. Here's where I think we're going to have our major differences because I thought these last two matches were very average. Um, so obviously we've been talking about this for, uh, for a long time, about how I really like the Dakota Kai character. I think she has come so far with this character. But my fear has always been if she can replicate that same greatness in the ring. And, you know, there's there's big shoes to fill when it comes to these championship matches on both ends, on both the men's and the women's, because generally, you know, we, 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 we remember what the great matches are. I mean, they played Sasha and Bailey uh, untold right after this show because, you know, probably the greatest women's match in, in WWE history. So we know, we know what the, the really great championship matches look like. And I, I did think that, you know, Dakota Kai had a, had a, had a lot to, um, a big shoes to fill. We, you know, we already know EO. EO's great. This match was, I would say, it picked up at the end to where I thought it got to a point of where it was good. But every other part of this match I thought was really average. Um, and one of the things that we'll talk about in the uh, the, the second or the, the main event is, um, you know, both trying to uh, do arm bars and, and and selling of the arm so very similar kind of kind of story uh, though on, on different sides for Dakota she was trying to to hurt eo's uh, arm the baby face and 
um, and didn't, and then and and didn't win the match, and then Cross did actually win the match. So a little bit different, but so sort of similar. And they they don't usually do that, so I was kind of wondering why they had sort of the same story there. But um, so for for this match, uh, Dakota Kai was on the offense. She was being a heel. She was going after the arm. Everything was tacking the arm, tacking the arm, tacking the arm. Character wise, I thought she was great. Um, Eo's comeback, even even like the 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 original sort of start of the comeback, it didn't really pick up for me, but it did at the end. And this is where you know you get a little bit of interference. The ref gets uh, gets booted by Dakota Kai. Eo hits a moonsault. No referee there. Um, Tom Caster, I should say. Um, Raquel Gonzalez comes in and she looked like a beast. She looked great. Um, gave EO just a gigantic choke slam. Uh, wakes up Tom, puts Dakota Kai on top of EO. She gets a two count. EO gets her in a cross face and then hits a sweet knee, running knee lift. And then she goes to the top rope, hits the moonsault uh, onto Gonzalez and Kai, who are outside. So it knocks Gonzalez out so that she can kind of, she can't interfere. Then she hits a moonsault on Kai again to win the match. Uh, by the time it was over, I could say I was entertained. But for most of this match, I just was kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. I never thought it picked up to what I would have expected from a women's uh, title match. Uh, I thought it was really good. I think we also, maybe you're forgetting the, the six man that's missing. Is that 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 organic audience reaction that Sasha and Bailey get, got? But, you know, but we're rating all of that stuff like at the, at the same level. It's not like I'm saying, well, this match had a crowd and this match doesn't have a crowd and, and they're the same. It adds we're, we're, a little bit. Though. We're rating adds. all of the matches based on having no crowd. No, I know. I'm just saying like, I, there's, I mean, we're, but you're comparing it to Sasha and Bailey those matches of the past. Now, if we're just comparing it to the three way they had last takeover, and I get it, maybe you know, yeah, well, that three was better. Well, Charlotte was in the match. Well, yeah, yeah, you had more more moving parts in that match. But I thought this match was really good. I thought everyone did their job really well. Dakota's really good. Eo's fantastic. Um, I got a little nervous for her. Something happened there. That little flip in the beginning, she kind of spiked herself and. Mm-hmm. I think she stunned herself there. That was kind of scary, but um, she recovered, and they had a good match. They had a good story. I liked. I I, I enjoyed the. Uh, you know, the ref bump was only one. You know, of the night, so it wasn't. Uh, you know, nothing offensive, but it, it made sense. Um, it was great for what they're setting up with Raquel and Rhea. I love. I loved it when Raquel just picked up Tom Castro and threw him. Threw him to the. <laughs> she's just like she's so strong she just mm-hmm. picked picked him up and just tossed him and tom's a you know it's it's just <laughs> it was awesome it worked out perfectly um and uh you know i liked ria's interference that was a big moment uh big moment for our household definitely for my young daughter chloe who's you know big ria fan and she asked me if ria's gonna be on the show and i was like yeah I don't know. Maybe she's not scheduled, but yeah. you never know. She could show up, and I, I didn't know she was going to show up here. I had a had a feeling, and sure enough, I I right when that music hit, I said, "Chloe, here she comes," and she was all excited. She was a little kind of worried about her look, though. She didn't know how to take the black lipstick, <laughs> and she's not a fan of the blonde hair. She wants to have dark hair again, but um, but that was cool. That was a cool moment, and you know, the guy that was a nice tease for. You know, I want to see that match. I want to see Raquel and Rhea. I want to see the you know uh, Rhea meet her meet her equal with someone of physical you know stature and stuff in that division. So that should be good. So yeah, no, I thought this match was really good. And then the main event, Karen Cross and Keith Lee 
Um, I what I wanted out of this match and and what they did was uh, two different things. So that is definitely part of uh, my frustration with it. I wanted a little bit more of a sprint, a little bit more of like a big man hoss kind of fight. And um, they did something a little bit different. You know, lots of, um, uh, work, like I said, working on the arm. Keith Lee had gone outside and he'd hit the, the plexiglass and he got his arm caught in it. And so gets gets his, you know, Cross, who, you know, has a, has a background of, uh, of this kind of stuff, did, did start working on it. There was a cool spot where uh, he's trying to get the arm bar and Keith Lee picks him up using his strength to power bomb him and uh, and to get out of the armbar attempt. Um, there was some really good clotheslines. Uh, there there was some apprehension. I think they they may not have been completely on the same page in a couple of times. So some of the bigger strikes I don't think hit as big as as I was hoping. Um, there was one where they both hit the ropes and, and Lee kind of hit it a little bit after Cross. So Cross kind of had to wait for him to get to do the clothesline. So that was a little bit off. Uh, but then Cross puts in the rear naked and Lee is struggling. Lee hits his uh, double overhand strikes and then he hits the spirit bomb for two. And then uh, at some point, Cross just gets to second rope, does the Saito suplex from second rope. Beats him. I didn't expect that to be the finish. Uh, it was it was the finish. So a little bit to me felt like it came out of nowhere. And also my main my main thing, and I've been pretty consistent in this, which is I think the one. Um, uh, this is not a flaw. He's just not great at it. I don't find Keith Lee to be a fantastic seller. So most of this match was him selling, and it, I didn't think that part of the match was good. So when you know your gigantic three hundred and fifty pound babyface is, is doing selling for the majority of the match, and he's not—that's not his strength, I should say. Uh, that was also part of my dismay with this match. I didn't think that this was the kind of win that Cross needed necessarily to kind of kickstart his his run. I thought uh, it was a little bit of a, eh at the end, and I, I expected it to just be a lot bigger than it, it felt, and I, I didn't feel it. Yeah, I thought this match was good. I'm really good, actually. I, I like the pace. It's a different pace. I mean, you just had a all-out kind of fast-paced match with EO and Dakota. So, you know, they're going to do something different here. And they're bigger guys. And they did start hot. They got really hot. They started going at it. They started you know, throwing blows. They went outside. They started, you know, just kind of having that, like you said, a Haas match. You know, they're kind of like just hitting each other with hard strikes. No one's giving an inch. And finally, you know, Cross was able to get the advantage with the arm and and take out Lee's arm and work over it. Um, it worked a lot of the the shoulder too as i i thought personally um i mean lee's gonna have to sell i mean he's gonna have to sell in this match this is that's 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 part of the game um it was, it was you know that's the way to get some length out of the match and i was okay i thought he did fine i don't think he was like horrible at it that i you know i mean we're used to the big i mean he sold a lot to adam cole you know so i thought he did good there too but uh but yeah this match was this match was good on um, the finish I thought was I didn't expect the I didn't expect I saw I, I was expecting more sh- shenanigans honestly with you know with the fireball and everything I was kind of expecting something like that to happen I was just shocked when the finish happened I mean it's a big it was a big move you know Keith Lee come off the second rope you know the big you know second rope Sayoto Sayoto God why can't I say it right now 
Saito Suplex. Mm-hmm. And um, that was cool. I th- like I said, I think that, that was in a big arena. I think it would have got a big, big reaction, you know. And then um, I don't know about that. I, it, it, it was it did not feel like the finish to me when he hit it. I was like, okay, like he's kicking out and they're going to something bigger. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't. It didn't. It didn't get to that biggest level for me to where I was like, okay, now this. Now this match can end. It just well, kind of. I mean, what, what, what else could he do? I mean, he has two finishers. He has the Saito suplex and he has the the rear naked. So either he was gonna jump on him after that and rear naked him, and then you know probably pass out. They probably won't have him tap out. Yeah, but, I, 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 or that that, that could have worked too. I just it just didn't feel like. You know, obviously, again, there's no there's no fans, so you don't know what was peaking. But as a TV viewer, I was still in sort of like just medium. You know, my heart rate didn't go up when he did that. I was like, eh, okay, he's gonna kick out. What else are they gonna do? And when he didn't kick out, I was like, oh, did I did I didn't know that that was gonna be the finish. So it just came a little flat. Um, ah. The problem here is what we talked about, at least for me, the problem was what we talked about on Thursday, which is there is such a high level for this match. We, as viewers, just expect this match, the main event of of a takeover, to be, you know, five stars. Like, that's kind of the expectation, which is why these takeovers are so good, is because they they raise the bar. And we both said this wasn't going to be that match, so... That it wasn't that kind of match, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just um, I, I obviously I didn't want Crossed to win, but in him winning, if he was going to win, I just would have liked it to be a little bit more spectacular, I guess. And I just it didn't. It just was a little flat. And I mean, you know, if you read our Facebook group page, not a lot of people watch the show, which is interesting to me because uh, I don't know if they're just not in on the product or because AEW was on that just took their time and they'll watch it a little bit later. But yeah, I think most of us just thought the main event was flat and I don't, I I can't even think of what they could have done that would have made it not flat in the finish. But, um, you know, you're not going to win them all in that sense. You're not going to be able to have Johnny Gargano and Andrade in the main event every time. So I didn't expect that either. Yeah, definitely. Because you got you comparing those guys, it's just different. Like like Cole and Gargano are going to have a this long, fast paced, a lot of action, a lot of move match. Um, these guys are even though Keith Lee can do a lot of stuff. I mean, it's going to be a slower pace than those than those two guys and a lot of match previous takeover main events of the past. So um, yeah, Cross. I, I I like how they did it. I mean, I like the fact that they put him over strong, which I which you know that's great. I like when a company's committed to a guy and. You know, they, they could have done shenanigans, which I kind of thought they were going to do, just kind of give uh, Keith Lee a little a little, a little out there. But um, no, I mean, they, it was clean as can be. And even, like I said, he has two finishers, the, the, the Sayato Suplex. He has a rear naked choke. He couldn't finish it, finish Lee with either of those. So what's the next step? Go to the next, go to the next level, right? So go to the second rope. And that's what he had to do. He had to do that big suplex, boom. Um, so that's why I think that was the thinking there on that one. So. But yeah, it's, I've just, God, I just hope he's not. Uh, I just hope Karrion Cross is not hurt that bad. I hope the you know, and what Triple H said, a shoulder injury. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think he said the worry is a separation. So, oh, but but they they knew that he had done it in the match, and they were mm-hmm. fine with him finishing. So, 
yeah, there would, I mean, shoot, there's nothing to do about that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do next. Cause you know, if he's going to be on the shelf for a while, if it's separated, I mean, what's that? Six months, I, I think. I, I don't know. I don't know what or a shoulder, shoulder separation yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as like a knee or something. Yeah. So, um, man, that would suck. But, um, but there's a lot of options you can do with him. He's a lot of challengers out there for him. So a lot of fresh matches, you know, Finn, you got Finn, you got, you know, you got Tommaso Ciampa, like a nice adrenaline story back. for him. He's, he's going to be on back. TV on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. So are they on TV cool. Wednesday or Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? When, oh God, I don't even remember. Well, I, well, I, know, I know Thursday. Dynamite's on Thursday. Yeah, Dynamite's right? on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I th- maybe it's on Wednesday this week and Tuesday the following. I know they're going to be on TV Tuesday one of these upcoming weeks. Yeah, you got Priest and you got Cole. You got um, you got a lot of challengers for Karrion Cross. But that's that's if he's able to defend his championship. And but yeah, and then uh, and also a big surprise that was was. was I liked personally was the because I'm into it. Um, the return of NXT UK mm-hmm. on September 17th, I believe that was the date. Um, so I'm guess they're going to be probably filming at the Performance Center in, in the UK, which I thought they should have done a while ago. But um, they they also probably needed to let a lot of that speaking out stuff die, though. They they needed to figure maybe, out what yeah. was going on with that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but also it'll be interesting to see because I know Fabian Eichner and uh, Marcel Bartel they live you know in Florida, so. You know, they'll have to if I would like to see them back there because, you know, let's see Imperium all together with Walter and, and Alexander Wolf. So they might have to just go out there for early and quarantine themselves for 14 days. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they got to do. Same thing with uh, Ridge Holland, too. It'd be mm-hmm. nice to get Ridge back out there and continue what they were doing, building with him there, which I really like. So um, those this show's really good. It's a great uh, it's a great one hour television wrestling show. So I'm looking forward to watching it again. All right, NFL Ticket. Uh, With NFL Ticket, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. And you'll never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. I finally set my draft date for my home league, which I've been doing since I was in high school. So that's a long time. Um... So, uh, yeah, actually, I think we're doing it Monday, April 31st. So this is a perfect time. Uh, football's coming back. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday TV is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday TV and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Crystal is a Panthers fan, so we may have to get Sunday ticket so she can watch her uh, her Panthers there. Nice. All right, so I, I turned her into the 49er fan as well. So she, Panthers 1A, 49ers 1B. We'll, 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 we'll get it to hopefully the 49ers are 1A at some point. Um, okay, so now let's talk about our AEW Dynamite review. Um Kind of interesting to watch this show at 3 p.m. on a, on a Saturday afternoon, and uh, and it was an interesting show. I mean, I, I'm I'm not <clears throat> I'm not sure. I, I it's hard to it's hard to sort of feel like what this would have been like on a Wednesday night going head up against NXT, but um, I thought uh, I thought there was some good. Obviously, there's always some interesting stuff with this show. But uh, I'll, if I kick off with the likes, I think the thing that I like the most about this show, and it wasn't even because I liked this angle, it wasn't even because I thought this was super fantastic, but it was just the fact that 
you had some young guys out there in really uh, really big spots on the show. And I thought Ricky Starks, uh, out of everybody, was was a shining star just for his role with uh, Taz in in this thing where they were kind of getting under Darby Allen's skin, and he came out looking like Darby Allen, just you know trying to be the emo kid. And I just liked his aggression. I liked his. Um, I like some of his lines in his promo too, because one of the things that that people ask Darby Allen about is, uh, "Were you the I like turtles kid from yeah, Life yeah, of yeah. Video?" And he made a comment about that. I thought that was funny, a little too inside, but it was still funny. But uh, yeah, I just thought I thought Ricky Starks was great. Um, Darby Allen also had a match against uh, Will Hobbs that was uh, that was okay. And then you had, you know, Sammy Guevara out there getting his butt kicked by Matt Hardy, which I didn't like. That'll be sort of on my dislikes. But just, you know, Jungle Boy got a big win. Like, just they're they're focusing on, you know, that 25 and under talent, which is good for, for their audience. It's good for that demographic. And, you you know, when I was talking to Mox, uh, Dave had, had, had mentioned the the women you know the 18 to 34 women how AEW Dynamite is doing like a tremendous uh rating and beating all the WWE shows and Mox is like I got two words for you jungle boy <laughs> but it's it's all of these guys right it's all of these really young guys which you don't necessarily see on WWE TV most of those guys are in their you know they're in their mid 30s um and even older a little bit older so it's kind of kind of a good little niche for them to have but that that's my first like just the fact Ricky Starks I thought he was he was the star of the young guys but just you know they had four young guys right in the smack of this show i thought that was pretty cool yeah, no, Ricky, uh, Ricky Starks is on my likes. I liked what he did. Um, he's uh, out. He he's like went from that's an interesting pairing, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and Taz. To what's Brian Cage doing with them? You know, like he's <laughs> he's definitely outshining Brian yeah, Cage. Yeah, well, yeah. This is why you got to learn how to do promos, people. Mox um, is pretty high on Cage, though. He he <laughs> he, he thought he thought he thought Cage. Um, he as far as a ceiling, he thinks Cage. Has a very high ceiling uh, with the with those guys. Well, it's not the high, but um, <laughs> it's just not. I mean, we. I could just tell you from this, just just from this segment alone, like Ricky. I mean, Ricky Starks is fantastic. He, of course, cuts a really good promo. Um, I liked his intensity. I liked when he was tacking, when he's talking trash as he's tacking Darby Allen. Like that felt like something. Mm-hmm. He feels like something. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely someone to build around. Um, Cage is. He's just out there. He's he has no. He's just a you know a vortex of charisma. I guess I don't know. Like he just he looks great. He looks like like a superhero or something from a comic book. But he's kind of just like hmm 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 hmm. Like you know like he's just not showing any intensity. Well, I mean he's gonna have to dial it up right, or else Ricky Starks is gonna pass him up. He's already has in my eyes. He's definitely. And this is the this is the stupidest thing ever. He comes out. To belt him from behind with the FTW title, but he turns him around first to hit him in the head. <laughs> you are a three hundred pound jacked up monster, and what you do is when you get heat is by hitting him from behind. That's the heat because you, as a monster, you shouldn't have to hit him from behind, obviously. But you're being you're a heel and you're an asshole, and that's why you do it. No, he, he turned around to hit him. So now Darby looks like an idiot because he turns around, and sees this big guy. He's not going to duck it. He's going to sit there and take this belt shot. Ah, oh, that was so frustrating to see. 
But thank God Ricky Starks kind of saved this segment because he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But man, Brian Cage. I don't know if that was the direction they gave him. Just shame on them. Or it was just Brian Cage doing his thing, but like it's just it was just stupid, you know. All right, what about another like from you? Well, I like the closing angle. I like the the match and the angle. I thought, you know, I mean Brody Lee needs some rehabilitation. I'm sorry, like, you know, like they beat him already in a big title match and he's hasn't really been doing too much since then and and I think this is what they had to do. You had to have him go out there and destroy Cody and just just completely destroy him and i like the angle with everyone outside afterwards and all the craziness and everything i thought that was well done um now i want to see the follow-up that's the big you know the big great angle really good that's this is the highlight of the show um now i mean i'm curious to see how they're gonna follow this up because that's that's i mean i still don't i don't think Brody lee is you know anything special but i hope he i hope he i hope he makes me change my mind i hope he does because um, I know he has some of the abilities. He has something, but I still think he's just a second man in a, in a, in a stable, you know, but I don't think he's the lead guy. I thought my favorite part of that whole thing was Arn. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was surprising. I surprised they, I mean, it was all safe and, you know, he, he didn't, you know, they, they took care of him. Yeah. Everything, everything was kicks to, you know, to the abdomen. The stomach. Yeah. 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 yeah that was cool. And, um, the chaos, the problem is with the chaos, the end, like, where was that when Sammy Guevara was getting destroyed with the, with the chair, right, from Matt Hardy mm-hmm. until later they showed up. So, I mean, doing, or even or even Darby Allen, like no one came out to help Darby Allen, right, during, the, during that, while he's getting mugged in the, in the center of the ring. So, like, that's why you got to, like, space those kind of big angles, those angles out because you make one look less important than the other or why would these guys all, why is everyone so concerned about, about you know, Cody, but they don't care about Darby? Your favorite Anna Jay got a chance to get back on TV. Yeah, she showed some charisma in there. That was good. That was good. All right, so she showed some fire. She did. She she choked out uh, Brandy, who Bra- was Brandy was horrible, hovering over Cody. She was like in the the, the least. She's like waiting, like her. Eye, you could just see her eyes in the back, looking looking behind her because she's waiting for Anna Jay to show you know to jump on her. But it's like, why you need to look behind her? Like she's just gonna jump on you and choke you. You know, you're not gonna take a boot to the side of the face or anything like that. Thought that was pretty funny. So my second uh, like uh, was related to FTR. Uh, I like the fact that they're with Tully now. That that was pretty cool. Uh, but I like the fact that you know we've seen a bunch of private party matches, and we know what we're getting out of these guys, and we know we're going to be frustrated when we watch these guys. And there was a little bit of that, but FTR really just was like, nope, this is going to be a different kind of match than you're usually going to do. And I really liked that. Like, this was, you know, I, I, I can't remember what my favorite private party match was or whatever, but, and this is not really a, this was an FTR match. And I liked it. I liked it. They just took control. They're bullies. They're, you know, ring generals, and, and they made this their match. And I, I really liked it. Yeah, well, they have to because they don't want to make they want to have a bad match, so they had to take control there. They kept it simple for those guys. It's simple stuff: arm drags, double drop kicks, etc. There was one spot that was kind of stupid. There was the uh, the springboard cutter with poor Dash had to sit there like an idiot, like <laughs> bent over with his ass out. I hate these moves with their ass people just bending over their ass out, waiting for guys to jump on them. Just it just looks so stupid. Um, but yeah, that, other than that though, the match was yeah, it was perfect. It is not about getting private party over; it's about getting FTR over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that, that, that did the, his job. And there's an interest, a pretty interesting idea on what they're doing 
doing with the gauntlet match. I, I don't. This is ridiculous. I don't like gauntlet matches necessarily because it's usually sort of about like you know who who's in last. But if you use the rankings to say, okay, here's how this match is going to go based on rankings, instead of how WWE does it, which is it's like random and and it doesn't really well, they matter. They don't have rankings. They don't do. They don't promote rankings. Sure, but that that's that's why I kind of like the idea. Like if you're going to do a gauntlet match try and make some sense of it, even if gauntlet matches themselves aren't really sensical. I do like trying to have a little bit of, I was, uh, of order for that. I was hoping FTR would be upset that they're in this match. Like, why should we have to be in this gauntlet match and we are the number one contenders? Why do you have... They should, they should play that angle because that's... They're supposed to be about the rules and they're about, you know... You know, that's what they... For some reason, they they need a tag rope. Like we went, we need a tag rope for our matches, but what? No one else needs a tag rope, so everyone else gets an advantage. I think it's kind of stupid, but I think there should be like tag ropes in all the matches, right? They're gonna—that's what they should have put in their contract. Every team has to use a tag rope, not just them. But um, but they—they they should have played that angle. Like we kind of be frustrated that we're in it, but we know what? what but we're gonna win it because we are the best, or something like that. Yeah, like, they're, they're just like just—they're just, they're gonna be sitting on uh, the young bucks who are gonna take a beating for you know for two I'm matches. I'm guessing. I guess the tease is that the Young Bucks, yeah, it won't be a much of a match. I think that they would, it might come down to the Young Bucks, but they're like supposed to be just beat the hell or maybe one guy's taken out and FTR just kind of wins it easily. So you're not like, you know, spoiling that match in this kind of gauntlet situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was another like of yours? Um, no, I, I mean, it's, it, I, I only had two likes, but I like, I agree with you on the tag match. Um, I, I enjoyed that they slowed private party down and they had a you know, had a they had a decent tag match. Um God that does they, they look pretty blown up though. <laughs> <laughs> um private party. They look kinda they look kinda confused and uh Quinn was kinda moving a lot he was really really slow. Like I never see like he was like really like concerned about this match. And I'm sure I'm sure it's kinda overwhelming because, you know, Dash and and Cash are perfectionists with this stuff, so they I'm sure they wanted to do really well. I mean, and for private parties' experience, they should wrestle them a hundred times in a row. No, yeah, we would. I would hope, you know, but unfortunately, in, in this current situation, that's it's going to the long. It's going to be a long learning curve for those guys. So, um, I've been a little critical of the Moxley MJF build, and I, I'm still not in love with it. Same here. But I did like uh, Mox's promo. Um, it, it was a it was a little. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Bipolar, in a sense, because he was saying, Mox, you're the future. But then he was saying all of that stuff to basically say that Mox still lives with his mom. And so it was kind of up and down. It's kind of just a crazy... MJF. Yeah, so yeah MJF. Uh, he, it, was, it was a little frenetic. It, it was, you know, it was Mox. And then uh, MJF's promo was right after that. And it's uh, his, his part of the promo... I thought was really good. Now I'm not enamored with the lawyer and uh, brace. The the smiling girl in the back kind of cracks me up because she had to hold that smile for like four minutes. But um, but yeah, like that part of it, I'm not in love with it. But I just thought the individual promo work by both guys was was really good. Uh, It made me want to see the match a little bit more, but still, just the you know the whole the whole way that they're doing this, I'm not in love with it. I would have rather had a, a normal build to a title match but um you know the, i think i think they'll still have a good match yeah of course they'll they'll have a good match the, yeah i'm not really i'm not really into the build either i'm just it's a little too comical to me with the njf stuff 
I kind of wish it was a little more serious tone. I'm kind of over the campaign stuff. And the lawyer thing was a little over the top. The getting the move banned. Like, like they're getting the move banned. Like, who are they? They can request it. But, I mean, shouldn't Tony Khan be the one that approves it? Yeah, they're trying to get Mox to sign the contract because he's be a man, John Moxley. Yeah, and if I was saying, like, okay, well, I'm not going to wrestle you. <laughs> yeah, well, you're the one who needs the title shot. I yeah, already yeah, have yeah, the belt. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to. I can say no, it's my, it's my contract. What? Oh, shoot. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, but what if he says that, you know, Wardlow can't be in the can't be in the match. If you, if Wardlow comes down, then I automatically win. You know what if he does something? Yeah, like he that? gets. Yeah, he had he can add his own step. Yeah, you know he'll probably hit it. Oh God, what if he hits it and he's disqualified and MJF wins? <laughs> no, nah, they won't like that. Tony Khan does not want to do disqualifications. No. He said. Okay, I'll start with the first dislike for me, which is was this um before you did was this was this multi man appreciation night, multi man tag team appreciation night. Just wanted to know. Uh, I don't know, I guess, because they had to get everyone on the show. <laughs> Felt like that. Uh. Yeah. I didn't think about it until you just said that. Yeah. Um, so Darby Allen and, and Will Hobbs had a singles match. Who else? Was that it? That was it. We had like an eight man, a six man, a, a tag team match. What do you think of seeing Will on TV, though? That was cool. That was it surprised me. Yeah, I think he's doing too many jobs. I, mean, I know they're high. I know they're high on him. I know Cody likes him, and and um, um, you know they're high on him. But but you also like you got to be careful if you're high on someone. Like you don't want him doing jobs. You know all the time. On I know he's doing jobs. This is the first time he's been on national television. But but like uh, you know he's been doing jobs all all on dark right. Mm-hmm. So um, I it's cool to see Will. I'm happy for him. I, I like Will. He's a good guy. Um, you know he's a great story. I wish they would just kind of roll. I th- I kind of like him as that Britt Baker security guard mm-hmm, gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that made me a big he was bubble very, He was very impressive in that role. And then in the ring, he didn't have like that same intensity and aggression. Yeah. Yeah. He I did mean, fine. he's doing a different role, though. I mean, the match was okay. There. The match was okay. It was a good match. It wasn't bad. There was one, one thing I didn't like was when Darby, you know, he comes out with the, that, that shotgun. Um, dive out mm-hmm. you know takes out will and then he just picks up will and like throws him back in like dude you're 120 pounds right <laughs> like will's like two was he shoot god what is he almost 250 yeah, or something probably. Like that. Uh, okay so my first uh dislike was just the idea of the mimosa mayhem match with chris jericho <laughs> and orange cassidy so there's a couple goofy things here so you know, Jericho Jericho wants to have this match. He needs to get, you know, this is the, the revenge match. And, you know, I like champagne and you like orange juice. Let's make a mimosa match, which sounds just ridiculous. But he's asking Orange Cassidy to take this match. And then he plays a video, which basically says that the match is already on. And so I thought that was kind of goofy. And then Orange Cassidy's got to agree. But just the idea of this match. Now, if they post-produce it, if it's a little bit of like uh, the stadium stampede, maybe they can make it funny as a live match, though. Uh, well, I thought it sounds like there's going to be some kind of big tub or yeah, this, you got to throw or, the guy in in the orange juice, and that, you know that's what that's the gimmick, right? Jericho's going to slash around and orange juice like I know, but how does that solve any feud whatsoever i know it's stupid it's it's it's, it's ridiculous i didn't like this either it's like oh this is what the, i was i knew they're gonna build this some once jericho came out it's like, okay we're gonna have a, a third match and that seemed like that's what they're you know teasing and then this is what we get and it's like man it's like 
They went from like really serious stuff, like when it comes to like building these like big matches. Where's the cage match? They did it once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I just, I'm not, I don't know. It's stupid. I'm just, I'm over this program. And I think people, I think it's like, it's just gone, you're gone to the well one too many times with it, you know? It's like just to kind of end it. Um, okay, my other thing that I didn't like was um, Matt. Like I said, I kind of said this in the beginning. Matt Hardy just beating the snot out of Sammy Guevara. Now the fact that Matt Hardy beats snot out of him, fine, whatever. I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of during picture in picture. It's in picture in picture, and so all of the the aggression and all of the sound and all of what Matt Hardy is screaming and yelling and the reason why he's doing this. We have no idea because it's in picture in picture. There's no audio. You just see Sammy getting his butt kicked. And then they come back and, you know, they they, they have some uh, of it when they come back. But it's like they restarted it. I was, That's what it felt I like. was just like, wh- how can you take a, take the importance away of something more than putting it in picture in picture? And well, JR, you know, JR kind of teased it. He, I, there was yeah. another match, I think, where he was like, oh, you know, this match could end in picture in picture. You never know. And so I don't know if that's why they did it, but I'm just like, no, like, sure, it could. But how about let's not because we are post-producing this show and we want to show it in our best, you know, in the best way possible. I was just like, ugh. that was during the eight man, no, the six man tag. I think Jared was just hoping it would end and earn the during the picture in picture. <laughs> Uh, All right, what yeah, no, I, yeah, it was when I, when I saw it, I was fast forwarding and I saw that he was being attacked. Um, and, and I was like, well, shit, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna slow down for this. <laughs> I just kept going, and then uh, and then I saw they continued it, and uh, whatever. I mean, I'm not really interested interested in seeing this match at all. All right, what what about you? What was another dislike? Oh, I mean, my my dislikes was major, more majority of the rest of the show. A lot of I didn't like a lot of the multi man matches. Um, they were just kind of too ridiculous, and for me, I mean, I got that the first one with the uh, the eight man tag. They do all this stuff. All this stuff, big move. There's dive outs, jungle boys flying all over the damn place. Coat, uh, right, Dustin doing, Dustin doing some Canadian destroyers. Oh, we almost, or whatever. we almost, we almost saw the last of Ray Phoenix. <laughs> Luckily, Dustin has a big butt, so it kind of helped him out a little bit. Um, all this stuff, and the finish was a push and a roll yeah. up. That shit drives me insane. Okay, but what do you? What did you think about? Kingston trying to bring these guys together and been in this oh, sort of the tongue in cheek. We need an, another faction. But, I mean, this, but that's what they do, right? They everyone's Every, part of everyone's a group. in a faction. Everyone's in a group. You and I are in a group. We're the fight gang group. <laughs> exactly. We got the, we got, everyone needs to be in a group in that in that company. I, I thought it was. Um, I thought I thought the Lucha Brothers were in a group. Weren't they in the Death Triangle? Oh yeah, was that with Pac? Oh yeah, he's he's at home. Um, the the thing that I thought was interesting is. So are we to believe that Kingston is like wink, wink, nudge, nudging this thing and it's like he's at some point going to turn on these guys or? No, it sounds like they're going to be uh, some some faction. I don't, it sounds like he they, they see him as a manager, looks like, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. That, that's his strength is his uh, talking. His, his talking, yeah. for sure. So, um, but. Well, the, the, the part of his and- promo that I liked was when he's like, you know, because TNT uh drama the drama thing and then he's yeah like, that was cool he's like yeah but, but they don't need to know about all of our drama <laughs> that, no that, yeah that no good. that was great he's kind of no, thinking that, on that, his feet there i thought that was good no he's great yeah. i mean I, I like his promos so 
Um, I think he could be a wrestler. I mean, I know he, he's going to wrestle. He's going to do some stuff. Yeah. Of course, he'll, he'll do. Gonna, he should do some stuff. He's going to be the Pete Rose player coach mm-hmm. you know, for the Cincinnati Reds. So. And he's going to bet on games. You're saying? Yeah, yeah. He's definitely going to bet on games. Of course, he's king. I mean, he's in the he's in the hood, man. He's 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 uh. Yeah, to sell his boots. Yep. For, yep. for the house payment, which how much is house payment? You got a good deal. You know, J- Jr. always talks about maximizing your minutes. Mm-hmm. I thought as a just for the time they were on TV, uh, Ricky Starks and Kingston got the most out of the the small yeah. time that they that they did. Well, I'm just glad that they they followed up with Kingston with something. I mean, because he had that great match with Cody. And that great performance was like, oh man! And they, they announced they signed him, and he's been off a couple of weeks. I don't know what he's been doing. Maybe he had to, you know, put his two weeks in somewhere. But mm-hmm. all right, the uh, last one for me is uh, the women's match, and you know, it's oh, it's wow. it's kind of been in 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 our dislikes. Um, if and you've got to witness some of the great wrestling I've been watching. <laughs> the uh, what is what is Allie's thing where she just like sticks her ass out at people as like a Brandy does the same thing, you know, but they're all about women equality and the power of women. I'm just not, 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 not sex object. Well, I was just wondering, like, <laughs> is, is sticking your ass at somebody like a middle finger? Is like that what it's, it's supposed to signify? Uh, you got to show the cooter. I don't know what that is. Don't, don't tell me. I, I mean, don't know. I, I, it was Brandy does the same thing, though. She does the same thing. She does the same thing in the, uh, the, the, the tournament as well. So, um, maybe she got a spot wrong. Maybe she thought, oh, Brandy's supposed to do this. Eva, I, I think out of the four, um, Ivelisse has a little bit of something. Um, Brandy and Allie were just about what I had thought they were going to be. Um, but you know, out of the four, I think Ivelisse had a couple cool things. She has a cool look. She's always kind of been in and out of companies because I don't know if she speaks her mind or if she just isn't light or... She's a pain in the yeah, ass. Wh- whatever it is, and and so hopefully she she switches that because it looks like she may get an opportunity here. But what did you think about Thunder Rosa challenging Sheeta? That's cool. They need something. They don't have like a strong roster, so bringing an outsider, you know, is something to kind of spice up the match. I mean, the NWA Women's Title don't mean anything, um, but they're doing it because you know. And I'm sure she has some kind of weird contract with NWA. So this is a way that, I mean, if she just loses, what's the big deal? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, if she wins, I mean, it's cool. You know, um, I know she's been impressive on NWA power people. She was one of the highlights that a lot of people were, were talking about. So, I mean, that's cool. That's cool. Good, good opportunity for her. All right. So is there anything else for you before we move on to WCW Saturday night? No, it was just uh, like I said. I like one really good, one really good uh, angle, and um, um, I like the Stark stuff. Other than that, it was like I said. I was kind of like you know the the six man tag was just you know young bucks omega ridiculousness, right? Like it's it's that's their that's their thing. I know that's their thing, but it's like dude, tomb, everyone's tombstoning people on on people. No one's getting pins, which drives me insane. And then. There's chairs being used in the beginning that mean nothing. It's just it's just a lot of a lot of jacking off in my opinion. All right, so WCW Saturday night, the 
August 22nd, 1992 edition of this show. It, it, it was only a one-hour show, so they, I'm sure they got preempted because of the Atlanta Braves. It was Ron Gant playing. Ron Gant, Terry Pendleton winning the MVP. Justice. Justice. Yeah, Dave Justice. Dave Justice. Uh, I don't know. Do they have Maddox at this point? They might have Maddox by this point. You know, Glavin and Smoltz are there. Yeah, great team, man. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching them. The um, Actually, the next week's show is even shorter. It's like shorter by like six minutes or something. No, that's that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, so Jr. starts off the show with Michael P.S. Hayes, who is his partner on uh, the Sunday show. Um, what is it? Main event. Main event. So uh, he he was there to kind of promote their their uh, little shindig on, on Sunday. Um, First match is Scotty Flamingo against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And it's funny because you're not used to seeing the Dragon on offense so much. And he was on offense a lot in this match. And it was just weird. It was like, you know, because you, you're so used to seeing him sell, 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 sell for that big comeback and not reversals and X, Y, Z. And most of this match is, it was him, you know, kind of being in charge. Uh, so I, I wrote down side headlock city for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flamingo drops him with a back suplex. He takes off Ricky's wrap with the ribs. They're still talking about the ribs. Uh, he Ricky wins with a um, high cross off the second rope. And then he uses a half Nelson to pin him. And the last thing I wrote down was Ricky not having to sell and being on the offense for most of the match is weird. It was just so awkward for me to see it. Well, it's it's just he's wrestling guy below his level. Like he's wrestling as technically a junior heavyweight. Yeah. Um, so he's not it's just it, you know, you gotta you gotta you wrestle people differently. Like, you know, he's gonna sell more for he'll sell more for uh Austin or Bobby Rude or, Bobby. Yeah. Say say it was Bobby yeah. Eaton, he would he would be selling more. But you know, way way Scotty Flamingo, Scott Anthony's Raven, ex, you know, future Raven was positioned at the time, was a lower mid card heel. So he's gonna definitely take the advantage and um, you know, it was a nice little build. I liked, I liked the work. And then finally, you know, he was going to the side headlock and then, and then, uh, you know, Flamingo, Flamingo finally, you know, he took advantage and was able to find a, find a way out. And so that was pretty cool. So we are heading towards clash of the champions in 20. like a week and a half, I think. Yeah. And, uh, Mick Foley as cactus Jack, this was probably my favorite part of the whole show. He does a short promo, but it was really good about he's either going to face Ron Simmons or he's going to face Vader and somebody's going to be walking in with the title, but they're not going to be walking out with the title. And also, they're just not going to be walking because mm-hmm. Mick's going to put such a beating on them. I love this. And then he's, yeah. he's stuck around for play-by-play or for color commentary with uh, JR for the uh, Marks Bagwell and Jake the Snake match. Poor baby Buff Bagwell was thrown right into the wolves here. Uh, this was all Jake. Um, mix on, uh, like I said, mix on commentary. You know, Marcus Bagwell will try to do something, and Jake will just like swat him away. Oh yeah. Um, and and that was that was that was pretty much the match. The spoken word entrance music again <laughs> doesn't it doesn't really work when he it takes him like fifteen <laughs> seconds to walk out to the ring. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they they I don't know how long this lasts. I don't remember. It, let me, 
what's he saying? Uh, hello, I'm there. I don't know, he's just saying like <laughs> random, you know, I like to order a number two with season curly fries, please. You know, like, he's just like, what are you babbling? That, you know, like I say, it's a play off the trust speech. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the theme music, but uh, yeah, first the uh, Cactus Jack promo was, oh, so good, dude. I loved it. I loved it so much. And I like that. Like, it's, he's, he's not giving it away. He's talking about, I don't care who it is, I'm going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be, it's not going to be an easy day at the office when you face me. Just, you know, just, just good, good pro wrestling promos. I miss these kind of promos, you know. And then, um, you know, like, just like Steamboat and, um, and Flamingo, like, you know, Jake Roberts, he's the new, he's the new top heel. He's not going to go out there and give Marcus anything, right? That's not, that's not the, you know, nowadays you would see that. Nowadays you have to go out there for eight minutes and do a bunch of stuff. Like, no, like you, there's, you have to get people over and there's a time you got to squash people. And, and, you know, Marcus Bagwell's on the lower end of the baby face rung. So, you know, yeah, he's definitely going to not going to, he's going to have, definitely gonna have an easy day and just destroy this kid. And this is, I think this is Jake's first match on Saturday night. So no second match, second match, no second, second match. match, no second match. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's still, he's still kind of introducing his style to this audience and uh, wins with a DDT. Um, they are hyping a Survivor Series style elimination match at the Clash, where Jake is on one side and Sting is on the other. He cuts a promo after this match, saying, "All he wants is for Sting to quit. If Sting just quit, Jake would go away." Yeah, yeah, I love it. That, yeah, that- he's, he wants that side. He doesn't want to beat him in the ring. He just wants to see the guy quit and. And leave, but Sting's not going to do that, right? No, he's the he's the franchise. Is this the man promo. Oh, that's the promo before. I, I just like that promo where he. It might have been this week, where he just you know he blames the people for what the you know what he's going to be just. He blames the, like how could WCW let this match happen because he's going to beat Sting so much like the kids are going to cry mm-hmm. and all this stuff like this. He's you know too bad God man if he just had his head on straight. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez, this would have turned out to be one of the all-time fuse. I think. Now I see him on my uh, DDP yoga videos. DDP hat. Now you D- see him in the. Now you see him in the second row of AEW <laughs> uh, Dynamite. So good on them. Uh, so Nikita Koloff and Rick Rude have a match. Was this from what show? This is from this the from? Omni. Uh, this is from the Omni. They've been talking about. Okay, which is interesting because. They had full commentary, Jesse the Body and Tony Schiavone. I, I, I mean, maybe they just did this match. Which is interesting because now I want I know they've probably filmed the whole show and this would be a perfect show for the old hidden gems on the network. Oh, yeah. I mean, they literally should put the whole show of Ron Simmons winning the title on that. This is not this is not August 2nd, though. This is the Omni that from last week they were talking. No, no, no I know. But I'm saying if, oh, oh, yeah, any, for sure. if anyone goes on the hidden gems, it should be that Ron Simmons winning the title one. Yes, yes, they should definitely put that. But the, like, I think I think this one they had a Ron Simmons main event that night too, in the Vader main event. Okay, so um, but this was great. So this match, um, <laughs> right away, Rude goes off the top rope, and the referee is messing with uh, Nikita. So all he sees is just like the 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 mat shake and he's like oh what what happened and and it's it's rude being a heel going off the top rope and not getting not getting caught um then uh nikita finally uh, is on uh, hits his big sickle and right before he hits the sickle rude like flails his elbow out and it pokes the referee in the eye so when rude gets hit with the sickle he kicks out because the ref is a little slow 
to the count. Yeah. Is this, has anyone ever kicked out of the Russian sickle before? I don't remember seeing it. Uh, I think Flair's done. Is this the same? I think he's they've done this spot before because it's it still protects the sickle because you know it took a long. The ref was down for a long, long time, so you would think he can recover a little bit to get his shoulder up, and it was still a close two and a three quarter count. Um, but this match was I like this. I like I want to see this full match because hot crowd. Um, Nikito's doing a great job selling his arm. Um, yeah, they have some. I mean, this is another feud that kind of just. Nikita had some interesting feuds in WCW. When he's like when ninety one, his feud with Sting kind of just never went anywhere after, right? Had a couple things and it just kind of fizzled out. Well, Nikita left, did something. I mean, I think he's I think he's pretty unhappy in some of these roles because in the you know in the mid eighties when he was like the hot the hot guy, you know he's mostly working on top and in WCW in 1992 he's kind of you know he's he's in a in a in a upper mid card point but he was never really at the top 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 maybe just cuz the last the year before 91 when he left maybe they didn't trust him to be in that position mm-hmm. maybe he'd be something would come up and he had to leave again or he'd be happy and had to leave again and you know this I mean he leaves in a few months after this so um I was as a kid I just thought he was winning the US title you know, I thought that was going to, like, you know, you just kind of, you know, how like, you feel things and kind of feel like the direction is going, even though I didn't know the ins and outs of everything. But I just had like, you know, yeah, I think he's going to win it because he, he wants to be the U.S. champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it means freedom, Garrett. The U.S. <laughs> title means freedom to him. So, um, so uh, Nikita is draped over the the second rope and Root is, is uh, messing with the referee and Medusa, who was banned from the arena, shows up as a security guard and has like a like a like a baton with her. And so I thought she's gonna like just knock him in the head with this thing. But no, because she's Medusa, she throws a kick at him and it blasts him in the face, and then Rude hits the Rude Awakening to win the match. And it's hilarious because they're even showing like the slow, slow replay. And Jesse, the body's like, no, 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 Medusa has long hair. Can't be Medusa. <laughs> yeah, it's on the And then tails. you see like her, a side profile of her face. And she has a very distinct side profile. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, he's like, I don't think that's Medusa. <laughs> I was cracking up. Jesse being. She crazy. definitely looks a lot different now. Her face looks a lot different yeah. now. Been, is she, uh, it's, I'm glad they had her at Dynamite. She did a lot today. Yeah, she, she, was, she, she was in two places at one time. She, uh, well, no, I'm just saying she just stood out there with the, she just stood out there. She's like, I made a big deal. Like, oh, Medusa's going to get the winner of the, of the deadly draw, the trophy. She just kind of goes, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, it's just funny. And, and, um, yeah, this is, this is like a old, the old, like, you know, heel dresses the old lady out of the audience kind of thing that they've, they've done this a couple of times. This kind of with the security guard. So. That was cool. I mean, like I said, I at this point, I'm thinking like, oh, man, they're going to build something to Halloween Havoc and he's going to win the the U.S. title. And maybe they would have done that if they didn't get sidetracked with this whole NWA world title business. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, WCW Saturday Night's favorite tag team, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Dick Slater, face off against T.C. Carter and Chris Sullivan. Shout out to Jim Ross's uh, mom and his daughters in the crowd. He he showed them in the crowd. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Uh, Slater hits his pile driver on TC, 
And Greg the Hammer puts him in the figure four to win the match. So this is, uh, you know, these guys just keep piling up wins on WCW Saturday night. Yeah, I know. It doesn't really go anywhere <laughs> uh, you know, in the long run. But, uh, you know, just, just uh, there's, a, there's a squash between um, you know, Chris Sullivan's and not, uh, one of those uh, reliable job guys. So is T.C. Carter. They didn't really, they kind of just, yeah, I don't know about Dick Slater, but he kind of just treated T.C. Carter the little lack of respect mm-hmm. there. But TC, um, he was kind of like the dying days of the Kansas City territory. He was there and and stuff. So, um, but yeah, this is a quick swash. Yeah. I mean, I like the, I like the team. I like the, I like the old Grizzled Veteran Tag Team. Um, but like I said, like, as we'll see, we'll be like, all of a sudden we'll be in November. Like, hey, remember that one team? Remember what happened to <laughs> Dick Slater and Greg Valentine? They were on a roll in, the, in August and September. All right. So they talk about this clash card. You have uh, Simmons and Cactus. You have Austin and Steamboat, Pillman and Armstrong. Is Armstrong going to be back by then? Is he going to no, be healthy? He, yeah, no, no, he's just. Well, you'll see. We're reviewing Clash Twenty, right? Yeah, I mean, we we, we, we can talk about it for sure. Yeah, so I won't spoil, won't spoil anything, right? But we, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, and so that eight man elimination match that I was talking about, uh, Sting, Nikita, and the Steiners against Rude. Jake, Vader, and the Super Invader, uh, Hammer and Dick Slater against Arn Anderson and Beautiful Bobby Eaton, Dustin and Barry Windham against Dan Spivey and the Barbarian, Van Hammer against Diamond Dallas Page, Johnny B. Bad against Scotty Flamingo, and then there's going to be some footage from the NWA tournament in Japan. Yeah. And there's also... Um I'll spoil this now, but there's some cool highlights because it's 20 years of wrestling on mm-hmm, TBS. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cool little, quick little highlights of stuff. That's a lot of matches, though, for the two and two hour, two and a half hour slot. Yeah, but I want to say one or two don't even happen. And if, speaking of Dick Slater and Greg the Hammer Valentine, these these two heel, grizzled, you know, you know, bad mood veterans. Mm-hmm. Now they're in positions as baby faces <laughs> versus Arn Anderson for, for revenge of Larry Zabisco against Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. Yeah. Is, that was pretty funky. Yeah. Uh, Ron Simmons uh, doing his interview. You know, he he is the baby face of all baby faces. He's going to give it his all. Um, I don't know. Not not buying the the Ron Simmons great American character here. I, w- I not to say that. He he's done anything wrong yet? I just don't like the focus of his interviews about. Well, it's all the same. Yeah, it's all for I'm gonna give my best and do my best and you know fight for you people because you you stuck behind me you know, stayed behind me and and you know but you know it's kind of like the same promo now for yeah. the last two yeah. weeks. Big Van Vader against the Italian Stallion. Uh, Big Van hey. Big Van Vader uh, wins uh, with a big splash off the second rope. I like the fact that. He's he's winning with different moves. He doesn't win with the same move every time. Well, I'm guessing he didn't want to give the uh, and even Italian Stallion probably was like, hey man, I'm a little big, I'm a little heavy. Yeah, don't drop me. I don't on know the if back I'm I don't know neck. if I'm gonna safely be able to go up there for that that thunder fire <laughs> neck dropping power bomb. And you know, Leon White's he's a nice guy. He's like, yeah, sure, just we'll do second row splash. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because you know, Italian Stallion has been in the game for a while. He's not Everybody like should ask Big Van Vader for that move as the finish. Well, no, if, if you're, um, you know, freaking Larry Santo. You're oh not, my you're, god! Yeah, taking 
taken years off of those guys' poor lives. Um, Jim Ross says on, on his hotline, new stars are on their way to WCW. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who that was. I, I know, I was trying to think too. Tony Atlas. <laughs> Tuco Scorpio shows up sometime in November, so... All right, and the main event was Sting against Mean Mark Canterbury. I love Sting's original music so much. I want to find it as like a ringtone so I can put it on my phone. Wait, no, I like his original original music. I'm talking about the... Dun, dun, dun. Was it, yeah, was that, that's was, the one. Was it Man Called Sting? No, this is the one. Okay, oh, because they don't do Man Called Sting until the, the 93. Yeah. That's when they, uh, the rap... The, the the rap songs all you know yeah the the Ron Simmons no I think ninety two because I'm pretty sure Ron is I think it's happening soon honestly I think it might happen at Clash Clash twenty that they start introducing the hey yo Joe you know like <laughs> you know for Ron Simmons I like this really bad rap song and um, Sting had the man call Sting you know which which kind of grew on, I grew on I me st- I never liked it but no the the dun, 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 those are non copyrighted music you know that oh really. Yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't have that copyright to that stuff. Same thing with Lex Luger's music. Lex Luger's music, like you know the dun 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 dun. I love that, and it's also in Creepshow, Creepshow <laughs> two. They're uh, they're in the uh, the swamp scene or the lake scene, whatever you want to call it. A little trivia for you. Yeah. So if I if I if I can, someone send me that that. Uh, I used to have a it. good version of it, not not like a scratchy YouTube version. I had this killer. Like, oh God! I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what happened. Well, I don't know what happened to iTunes music, but I used to be able to download some like cool stuff from Japan, some cool stuff from WCW. Like it was from the it was from Japan because you know they would use WCW guys, so the music was from them. And so I like the Steiner Brothers song, etc. So yeah, I don't wonder what happened to all that. Hmm. I mean, I don't think it's there anymore on my iTunes music, unless someone can help me figure that out. Um, so staying against Canterbury, Canterbury, uh, he had, uh, he was wearing, uh, it's like a singlet or something. Mm. And the only thing that I thought as I was watching him, I was like, man, that's a big dude. He's got some small legs, some small white legs. Uh, and <laughs> skipping leg. Yeah, I know. I was like, maybe he should wear some tights or like some jeans for this match. Um, obviously sting, you know, it's a, it's a sting showcase match sting with the big splash and the scorpion. And they, uh, he, he, he comes on to do an interview, calls him Rossi, which always just makes me feel good. And I, know, uh, I thought about you right when he said it. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, so, so that, that was the show. Like, uh, Sting is, even though, you know, Ron's, Ron's a champ, Sting is still the, the top baby face. You know, the, the shows are going to be built around Sting and Vader, um, which is part of the reason why Ron's, uh, run wasn't as, as good as it as it could have been yeah i like the match i like this this is a nice little little i guess it's like a squash match you know uh with you know sting and mark canterbury the future henry godwin mm-hmm. right future shanghai pierce and uh, i'm pretty sure bill watts took a look at this guy this big huge man because he's a big guy oh yeah i mean he's he's like what six six or something like he's you know, solidly built that he can definitely need a little work on the legs, but, um, but you could tell like he's something. And I think maybe Watts probably said, you know what, let's take this guy off TV and maybe we can do something with him. And then of course they had him, you know, come back under a hood as Shanghai Pierce and team with, uh, Tex Lassinger, which I always liked that team. It's funny how 
they end up being here as Texas Lasseter and Shanghai Pierce to end up being a team again in the uh, in WWF as the uh, the Godwins. Mm-hmm. That's not that was always pretty cool. Sting Sting is trying to tell Jake in his promo that you know he's not he's not scared of snakes because Jake's like, look, you know, you, you play with the snake, you're gonna get bitten. Sting's promos are always he never was gets credit for being a good promo and he's not really a, a really good promo but he's, he's a good. pretty good promo in uh, TNA and WWE at the end uh yeah yeah well, he's definitely uh, yeah but no, I agree with that but like here like he always goes he's always like all over mm-hmm. the place in the beginning but then he finds his focus like he needs to think about as he's going like he doesn't have a plan I like that he does have a plan it makes it so much organic I, I enjoy it's, it I it's, enjoy Sting. it's funny because he is trying to say that, you know, Jake doesn't scare him. Instead of saying, you know, I'm not afraid of snakes, his first line is, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm like, yeah, you're a 30-year-old man. Like, why would you ever be afraid of the dark? I, I know. And even Ross is sitting there like, but then, like, I think Ross knows, like, I know, he's going to pull it together. <laughs> and I know he's going to pull it together. So, I it just... He's not afraid of the dark. He's not afraid <laughs> of snakes. So, th- like, as if those two things are kind of equal. Like, it's like the warrior. Ne- like, he didn't have a plan either, but he just started. He, he would never he get would, it. He, he would never figure ramble. it out. He would just ramble. But for Sting, hours. Sting would always start. Like, you should do. I mean, if you can, if you could find, they kind of took a lot of these cap got off taken off YouTube. Damn it! And me and Robert Silver are pretty pissed. <laughs> but the uh, um, the great Robert Silver, yep, is uh, pretty pissed. Um, the the old UWF from '87 where Sting just turned babyface, and he is like really bad, like here, like he's like he's just like ah, <laughs> you know. And then he's like he's, but they're not they're not too long. But what he says is just totally out. Like okay, that was weird. But yeah, he had such a unique charisma about them, and you knew he was going to be something special. Yeah, and he's a great look, one of the greatest looks uh, uh, of all time. Like in just you when he, handsome, built, athletic, blonde hair, blonde hair. You even had the rat tail. He even made the rat tail look cool for a little while there. Yeah. Well, then he dyed it black at one mm-hmm. point. He had the cool dude. Then his when he came out in this match, like this is like one of the sickest gears he's had. The jacket mm-hmm. and the face paint. How many how many jackets did this guy have in his career? That's a good question to ask him because he he definitely had like. I would say over 50, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. He always had these different styles and always color, everything matched together and, and coordinated well. So, God, I love Sting, man. I love watching these old shows and miss miss those miss these days. All right. Well, that is it for here. Um, we got through everything. And, John, I appreciate you coming back, back-to-back shows. Of course, man, of course. Uh, and like I said, we'll have uh, Chris Aiken on uh, with me tomorrow night to talk about the uh, SummerSlam show. Um, I love it. I love this. But hell no, I ain't going to watch. I can't watch SummerSlam tomorrow like live. I know. It's just too it's much. It's hard. Too, I might just not even watch it because I'm just like, I'm kind of burnt out tonight. You know, I need, I need to watch some other. I watched Karate Kid. Karate Kid? <laughs> maybe, I'll watch, maybe I'll watch Karate Kid 2 tomorrow and do something. Just change the palette. Well, a I'll bit. tell you, um, you can see these threads in our Facebook group. There was a thread on the uh the disone uh Eddie Hearn uh fight card today Katie Taylor fought and then the uh, the heavyweights Dillian White uh got knocked out and then there was the UFC show and there's a thread on that one uh it was mostly Paul and uh Ryan Frederick going back and forth 
And then there was some other show uh, tonight. What was it called? They were talking about it's like uh, bare knuckle, but headbutts were legal or something like that. Oh, my God. Uh, let me see if I can find it. It was called um, Fight Circus. <laughs> was it but was it was it brought to you by the people from Russell Circus that lasted a short um I don't know it just, it, it, just know. the 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 graphic says the fights you have always wanted to see and um and yeah I don't I I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure who these the the any of the the fighters were but but I don't know if it's as good as the all valley karate tournament <laughs> all valley every valley is available every valley is invited oh yeah even uh, uh miyagi dojo what was it what was it miyagi uh what was, what was his oh, God. miyagi something dojo yeah man i kind of want to do a run-in on this damn podcast the karate kid podcast i'm gonna have to record my <laughs> my little you know throw my little thoughts in well, well maybe what we'll do is uh, we'll the the we'll put the podcast out, and then when you come on on the next show, then you'll give me your thoughts. Like, no, you guys missed this thing. You should have talked a little bit more about this part. No, 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 no. This is your guys' thing. I think it's going to be fun to get all the history and the. I like all this Easter eggs and this and just the history behind this stuff. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we are done here. So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. All right, let's talk about Bet Online to end this show here. Sports are back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action. How many have the Giants won in a row? Like five? Four in a row? Four? Is it four? I thought it was five. Okay, it's four in a row. Oh, well, no, it is five. Is it five? Because they won, yeah, because they lost five in a row, and, they, and, and yeah, yeah, I think they won five in a row. Giants are hot. Put some action on the Giants. Dude, Bart, we got Bart now. We're we're good to go. Take Bart. Exactly. Well, and we can't take Bart anymore. I'm never taking Bart again, as far as I know. Actually, I hate public transportation, so <laughs> I'll never take Bart. I mean, I took it before, and it's, it was miserable. Uh, experience. So uh, there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on. All available 24 seven. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And if you want to make that money on UFC... You follow John LaRocca, LaRocca JL, <laughs> and you just wait. You just wait until that Fight Game podcast puts up our picks for the major fights, and you just go with LaRocca. <laughs> you are winning our picks contest. You and Heidi Fang, top two. She's nipping at my heels, man. I try to, I try to get her away, but she's just, she's just so, she's just so persistent. Yeah. I can't. We're like a game. We're like a win behind. She's a win behind me. It's, it's close. It's nerve wracking. Absolutely.